Then help! All we have in the desert is Beer and Movies podcast contains explicit language and reviews movies with an R rating. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, one and all, to the Send Help. All we have in the desert is Beer and Movies podcast, where we review both beer and movies, as it would turn out. I am so scared. <laughs> what? This isn't like one of those late night like radio host shows, you know? Where they yeah, talk right. To... But you're also my brother, so I need you to not be talking like that. <laughs> fair, enough, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, I'm Tyler. And I'm Kay And together, we are not the one with twins because we are not twins. That would be kind of weird being no. a few years apart. Our poor mother. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, this week, we are reviewing Cerveza Pacifico Clara? Who am I? Clara? Clara? Probably Clara. I don't know. Clara. I would venture, oh, well. yeah. You would venture a guess. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. No, uh, this week's beer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a little bit of a low energy thing at the start here, just because... It's been a day. It's been a day. It's been a, it's been a week. It's been yeah. a year. I feel like that's a reoccurring thing for us right now, is that it's been a, a day, a week, a life. <laughs> yeah, right. Well. All right. Uh, so let me see if I can get a good one here. I have this cool, like, three-pronged bottle opener here. This is not a twist off. Let's see here. Ooh. Ooh. Even had, like, a little vapor and everything. Yeah, that was a good one. Well. Nice spike on the, yeah, on the blue thing. Okay. Ooh, look, it even like yeah. impinges on the cap. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Let's see here. That's Mexican, better. It's Mexican Coors Light. It's better than Coors Light, but it pretty much is. Yeah. It's got a kind of sweet-ish flavor to it. Kinda, actually. yeah, actually. It's not bad. No, I actually kind of like for, this. I mean, for a light beer. I like this more than fucking Coors Light. Coors Light to me is... Water? Well, it's just... It's bitter water is what it is. Yeah. Like, you know how we had the... uh, Not the Salty Crew, but the uh, Japanese beer? Yeah. The Kirin? Kirin to me is like this, except it doesn't have that kind of... Sweet thing. Sweet thing to it. That sweet twinge. Whereas Coors Light is just... It's just piss water that tastes more bitter. Like Coors burnt. Light is garbage. It's burnt piss water is what it is. Yeah. Well, that's our review of Coors Light. <laughs> it's gross. It's a. Uh, it's a. I feel like we. I feel like we we harp on Coors Light like every week. Well. <laughs> I do it because it's, it's what Dad drinks all the time. I know. Yeah. Well, he's also the one who got me hooked on boxed wine because he always had boxed wine when we were younger. I always thought that was for mom. You know what? It might have been mom, but I like to think it was Jimmy. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Did you know I bought him uh, some Glühwein wine? That, the, yeah, that, I tried it. The that hot, mold wine? Yeah, the hot uh, wine. I bought that in, I think, January of 2019 mm-hmm. or something like that. And we didn't he, try it until, it, what, December of last year? So it might have actually been like December of 2019, and then we tried it in December of 2020. Yeah. I was not happy. I was like, come on, man. I bought this for you for a winter beer. Uh, not winter beer. Winter wine. 
Well, to be fair. To be fair. It was fucking disgusting. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> it's it's meant it's mulled wine and it's meant to be served with like a stick of cinnamon in it and it's supposed to be served hot. Yeah. If you don't do any of those things, it tastes like cough syrup. Which is not the proper way to do it. Anyway, that's your mulled wine yes. lesson for the week. So yes, this this uh, Cerveza Pacifico Clara, uh, four point four ABV, which means you can drink an entire six pack to your dome and barely feel it. Um, but it's not bad for a for a light beer. It's um, not bad at all. What it's, was a, the, it's a good summer beer. What was the alcohol content? Again? Uh, four point four percent. Oh yeah, that's nothing. No, that's not. It's heavier than uh, Tecate though. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> oh, I give well. it. I give it a three. Yeah, I'd probably score this higher than the IPAs, actually. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't like IPAs. I so. think my highest IPA score is like three point four or something like that. Yeah. This is probably like three point eight. I'd be fine drinking this. If yeah. this was all that there was, I'd probably drink a lot of it, especially yep. after the second or third one when I finally had it hit me. Get loose a little bit. Yeah. There was a time where I once bought, uh, for a house party of like 20 people, I brought an entire like 24 case of Miller Lite and then a like 16 uh, count case of Blue Moon. Unbuzzed to me walking in, um, I apparently uh, provided the alcohol for the majority of the people in there. That's nice. <laughs> even though it was BYOB. And I was like... Eh, I'm probably going to need to share these anyway, so why not? Yeah, you don't need 48 beers to yourself. Yeah. I mean, not in that short amount of time. No. No. No, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. This this beer is about the same level as the intro to this podcast. You know, just chill. Pretty much. Yeah. No, it's of, pretty it's pretty it's pretty calm this one, isn't it? Little hints of something uh here and there, but for the most part, serviceable. <laughs> yep, yep. But we're going to get into a movie that is calm in most parts, and then also not so calm in others. Things just kind of come out of nowhere. Things just kind of come out of nowhere. This week, we are covering one of Kayfay's favorites, top five of all-time favorites, actually, and that is Goodfellas. Good uh, rated R. Directed by Martin Scorsese. As most Scorsese films are, rated R. Long. And <laughs> rated R. Yes, <laughs> rated R. Well, I don't think there's any Scorsese film that's not rated R. That's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, Scorsese, rated R. Released in Sept- on September 21st, 1990, so it's older than the both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based on the novel by Nicholas Pileggi. I totally probably said that wrong. I'm sorry, but the novel... It's called Wise Guy. And a Wise Guy. A Wise Guy. Uh, it's a loosely based biography on one of the hanger-on, and I say hanger-on because that's kind of what they called the gangsters who couldn't be made in the family that they hung around. So yeah. they were just hangarounds. They did, you know, the dirty work for the gangster families. But it's based on Henry Hill, who was an Irish... Hanger on to yeah. the uh, Cicero family. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Made Man is basically you're now actually getting like a salary from the the company, basically. I believe so, but it's also like I mean, even if you're not making a salary, it's basically it's a title. Yeah, you know, it, it it's a it's a badge of honor in your family, whether it be mafia 
mafia or mob or whatever. Um, so yeah, no. But so he couldn't never get made because he was part of t- part Irish. Yeah, you had to be full Italian. Full Italian. So it follows uh, Henry Hill, and uh, one of the first lines in the movie is, "For as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a gangster." And that is on the top 100 list of one of the best movie quotes <laughs> ever. To open up. Yes. Yes. So it's a, it's a wonderful film. I highly enjoy it. I watch it four or five times a year. Tyler watched it for the first time yesterday. So what is your, what's your overall opinion? Not, not rating, because we're not there yet. But. Yeah. Um, I feel about the same way about it as I did like Casino. I really like Casino. Yeah. And I really like this one. Um, I feel like I probably like Casino more just because it it's weird, okay? Look, look. Have you you guys have that like what the fuck face because that's what's happening to me. Look, okay. Um I don't I mean, know. I like Casino too, don't get me wrong, but I don't like it better than this movie. This movie uh, is top me, notch. I feel like it's hard for me to describe, but I like things that go into the business more. And I just felt like Casino went into the nitty gritty details a little bit more. I'm I'm someone who really loves like well. I mean, let's say I mean if Goodfellas followed um, Joe Pesci, his his character who uh, Joe Pesci plays Tommy DeVito. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they, if it followed, hey, hey, hey. Excuse me for a moment. Look, you can Sorry. look outside. One of our desert creatures is just... Oh, oh my gosh, you are a picky little bitch. Well, no, she's just skittish. Yeah. One of our desert creatures is being a little bitch. I don't know why I'm trying to put headphones back on. Yeah. I don't need to. So, <laughs> if it followed Joe Pesci's character, uh, Tommy DeVito, not. it probably would have actually gotten more into the nitty-gritty of the mob family, of the gangster family, because... Eventually, he does end up becoming a made man, quote unquote, because of that scene that we'll get to later. But um, a made marked for death man. Yes. Well, he was marked to de- he was marked for death for a good reason. You know, it's kind of a tit for tat thing. Well, apparently, it was like not only getting back for bats, but also for a number of things. Well, yeah. I mean, he was annoying little shit. He's Joe annoying Pe- little he shit was, who was, had a fucking like hair trigger. He would just go off on people. Yes, yes, and he was he was perfectly cast. Oh yeah, perfectly cast. Actually, Henry Hill, who actually consulted on the film, he said that uh, Joe Pesci was ninety to ninety nine percent accurate with how Tommy DeVito actually was. <laughs> the only difference was is that the real Tommy DeVito was a bit bigger and uh. heftier, and Joe Pesci's kind of a little guy so that's fair um so that was interesting yeah <laughs> i read that today well, he, i was like that's i cool. feel like joe pesci now just gets typecasted as a gangster yeah i mean he, other, he I basically mean, plays the like same character in the casino movies. yeah no i so mean I, I mean he's kind of like de niro or uh fuck uh fuck Say hello to my little friend. That oh, guy. Oh, uh, Al Pacino. <laughs> Al Pacino. Thank you. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. I mean, they're they're now that they're getting older, they're kind of being put in different roles and stuff yeah. like that. But younger, well, like De Niro had done a bunch of other nineties. They were always gangsters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like they played the perfect Italian gangsters. Yeah. Well, De Niro always had that look to him, but he was also in other films. Yeah. And had already proven himself as being able to do. Right. Other... Have you ever seen Jackie Brown? 
No, I have not. Okay, so it's a, it's a Quentin Tarantino film, and he plays a completely different character than you would actually think he would play, and it totally boggled my mind the first time I ever watched it. I was like, De Niro, are you going <laughs> to fucking say something? So or... I have a question. Yeah. You know the character Stax? Yeah. Is that who I think it is? I don't know who you think it is. The black guy that helps him I know with the... who I know who Stax is, but I don't know who you think it is. Because I never really got a good look at his face, I feel like it was Samuel L. Jackson. It's not Samuel L. Jackson. But he um, has that same face shape as Yeah, kind of, I guess. Jackson. But it's definitely not Samuel L. Jackson. So while we're on the topic of... Cast. Cast, we'll just go through. So we already said Robert De Niro, who plays James, um, Jimmy Conway, who is based on Jimmy Burke. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Burke was the real gangster's name. So like I said, it's loosely based. Yeah, they on, had to change yeah. names for... Yeah. And then Ray Liotta, who looks a lot like Tyler's dad, I think. Like, I think Ray Liotta looks so much like your dad, it drives me bonkers. Maybe when he was younger. Definitely when he was younger. I always Actually, you know what? Nowadays, this resemblance still kind of holds true a little bit. Right, right. Because I always thought he looked like John Stamos. And that's what a lot of people say. Right. But now, like, watching watching Goodfellas again, I was like... I feel like he is kind of a mix of Ray Liotta... Alec Baldwin and John Stamos. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's a good one. Because eh. Alec Baldwin's kind of out there, but he has a very... He has a similar look, I would say. Yeah. At yeah. least at least as he's grown well, older. Like Maybe not he, young Alec Baldwin, but as he is now... Young Alec Baldwin, like Beetlejuice Alec Baldwin... <sighs> <laughs> Ooh, your girl has to fan herself when she watches uh, Beetlejuice, so I really need to not think that your father looks like that. Yeah, that'd be kind of weird. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yes. And then Joe Pesci, as we said, as Tommy DeVito. And then Lorraine Bracco as Karen Hill, who is a bad bitch. And she is yeah. also baby mama to one of Harvey Cattell's children. Harvey Cattell. Uh, the wolf. In Pulp Fiction. Oh. Yes. Okay, okay. Yes. Okay. So Harvey Cattell is not exactly a really good looking person. However, he's such a badass. I'd have his baby too. He's got that that rugged yeah. quality to him. Yeah, he kinda looks like he like he kinda looks like a pen, a pen brother. Like Sean Penn or a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but he doesn't quite have as long of a face. Yeah. The last one that I'm going to say is uh, Paul Servino, and that that's who plays uh, Polly uh, Cicero. And the only reason why I said that is because the Cicero family it, is the main family that we're following yeah. here. It'd be funny if his name was Pete. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, the fact that his real name is Paul and then yeah. he plays Polly in the movie. Actually, that happened a lot. Like, Frankie Carbone is played by a guy named Frank. That, um, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, it's like it's like the wedding scene. Yeah. When um, well, that, that's what I'm referencing yeah. is that she, uh, Karen, who is played by the person I've already forgotten the name of, Lorraine Bracco. Lorraine uh, Bracco or Bracco. B R A C C O. Okay. Not Barack, like Barack Obama. No, I, I thought you <laughs> yeah. said Bronco at first. Oh. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but she go- is introduced by uh, Polly to all these relatives and everything. And all the guys are either named Pete or Paul. Pete or Paul, and all the girls' names were Mary or Maria. Yeah. Yeah. Or Marie. Or Marie. Yep. They were all married to women named Marie. Yeah. Somehow, I don't. I don't know how they found so many 
Well, the women. Italians were really creative with names in the eighties or in the in the sixties and seventies. I mean, <laughs> most Americans are not exactly original. Ooh, that did not look good. Ooh, boy. Hit my teeth with the bottle. Rookie beer drinker here. Now you know what it was like when I was in high school playing trumpet and someone ran into me. Oh, wow. Except it was, like, harder. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. And metal. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. No. But, yeah, uh, most Americans really aren't original with their names either. No. If you, no, you got Britneys and Stephanies I think and what Tylers it, on every corner. Yeah, I think what <laughs> it is is Americans just the top, like, te- the top ten names just are changed out more often. Yeah. It's on a more like per decade basis rather than traditional names in a lot of other cultures. Right. Also, Tyler's when I was born were not common to this area, by the way. Which is to this area or to the area that we grew up in? To this area. Which is uh, one of the reasons why I was named Tyler was because at the time in this area it was a quote unquote unique name. But then we moved to Texas, and fucking every boy, like every third boy, was named Tyler. I even played softball growing up with a girl named Tyler in in Texas. I see actually a lot more yeah. girls named Tyler nowadays. Yeah. There's too. a lot of girls named Parker too. <laughs> I mean, that was a lot more. I feel like that's a lot more common. Yeah, a lot of Jordans as well. Yeah, yeah, oh. the the unisex names. All right, so like we said earlier, <laughs> it's a loosely based biography on the hanger-on of Henry Hill. And it starts out with, uh, like, the first scene is adult Henry Hill with yeah. uh, Joe Pesci, who is Tommy. We're going to just say Tommy from now on. And Robert De Niro, who's Jimmy, Jimmy from now on. Uh, they're in a car, and they hear this thumping. And Henry is driving, uh-huh. and he's... What is that? Did I hit something? <laughs> and they pull over, and turns out they have a body in the fucking trunk. Which they knew, but right. we're like, I thought he was right, dead. Right, but this is, this is the first scene. The first yeah. scene. This is how you are introduced into the movie, is this. And next thing you know, Tommy goes fucking haywire, and he's like, motherfucker's still alive, and just starts stabbing. And so stabbing. anyway, I started stabbing. Yeah, so anyway, I just started to... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a DeVito, too. <laughs> I, I I feel like DeVito would actually be a fun guy to have in a gangster movie. Probably. Maybe not as, like, a main guy, but, like, in a side role yeah. or whatever. Right. I feel like he'd be pretty good comic relief. Right. So Tommy kills the guy in the trunk again. <laughs> and <laughs> they, shut the, they shut the trunk, and that's when, you know, it the... the the frame pauses, but Ray Liotta's voice comes over, and or uh, Henry Hill's voice comes over and says, "I've always, or I've always, or from for as long as I can remember, I've always known I wanted to be a gangster." And then there's the flashback as to how he became part of the Cicero family. Yeah, to me, it reminded me of like the record scratch. Yeah, you might wonder how we got here. <laughs> you might be wondering how I ended up in this situation. Yeah, right. So as a kid, he grew he grew up across from across the street from what they call the cab stand. Well, it was a cab yeah. stand. Like yeah. it literally was uh, basically a front uh, for the laundering uh, things. Yeah, for laundering stuff. money and all that stuff. And he liked those guys because they got to just hang out and drink beer and play cards all day. And they were considered somebodies in the neighborhood, even though that's all they really did was just sit around and do nothing all day. Right. And his parents knew exactly what they did. 
and they didn't want him hanging out there. Well, at first they were happy because he got a job. Right. But he started, he skipped school for like a couple months. And his dad beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And he goes up to, he goes up to uh, one of Polly's guys. I don't even remember his name, even though I've seen this movie a million times. But he's like, kind of like the boots on the ground at the cab stand. Yeah. He's a, you know, your typical Italian, the gold chain, sausage looking kind of guy. <laughs> and that's not... That's, well, he's Polly's yeah. brother. Yes. Tootie. So, yeah, Tootie. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh... His dad beats the shit out of him, and he's like, I can't do any more deliveries. And he's like, what the fuck you mean you can't do any more deliveries? And he's like, my dad says he's going to kill me. And so they, they end up, like, beating the shit out of the dude's mailman. Yeah, like, the reason why the dad beats the shit out of him is because they get a letter from the school saying he hadn't been there for a few months. He basically would leave in the morning like he was going to school and just immediately just walk across the street and just do that all day right and then come back at after school time and then whatever. go back because he's supposed to be going to work yeah quote unquote. so but then the letter gets sent and they're like okay so let's beat the shit out of the mailman so he can intercept any letter coming from them right he's like you know this kid you know where he lives cool if any letters from that school they come right to me and then they just stopped getting mail altogether because <laughs> they scared <laughs> the mailman so badly and uh uh, so Henry makes his mark on the Cicero family, whether or not he can be, it doesn't matter if he can be made or not. And, um, he goes through this diatribe at one point where he says, you know, our neighbors stopped parking in our, in our driveway, even though we didn't have a car. Yeah. The neighbor kids carried my mom's groceries one day. And Out of respect. Yeah. He's like, you know why? Out of respect. <laughs> and one of my favorite scenes is when he shows up and he knocks on the door of his own house and he's in this impeccable suit, impeccable <laughs> shoes, and he and his mom answers the door. He's like, hey, mom, how do I look? And she's like, oh, my God, you look like a gangster. And he's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. This pump. Objective completed right right and you know as he's as he's a kid he's learning the the small ropes he's selling cartons of cigarettes out of trunks of cars he's smashing windows he's pouring gasoline in other cars and he's just he's being a he's being he's being a mafia hoodlum yeah and that's what he means tommy tommy and him are partners from teenagers yeah they they go to work under jimmy who is supposed to be this like high highly respected individual. But he can't be made either. He can't... Jimmy can't be made, but he's highly respected because he's one of their best guys to go complete jobs as far as, like, stealing and all that stuff. Right. Uh, to the point where the cops even won't mess with him. In fact, they'll actually ask if he's got anything for him. Right. They'll pull up in a cop car and be like, hey, Jimmy, you got anything for me? And he'll stick a $100 bill in a carton yeah. of cigarettes and give them to the cops. He's basically bribing the cops to keep yeah. their mouth shut. He's basically one of these so highly respected and effective guys that he's untouchable. And uh, Henry and... Tommy. And Tommy uh, go to work under him basically as interns apprentices whatever you want to say right but he's basically like their direct he's they're basically jimmy's direct goons yes that's exactly what they are and then and then henry gets pinched which pinched means you got arrested yes so he's selling cigarettes and the cops that jimmy does not have on payroll so to speak um 
come and he's like, what are you doing there, kid? And, the, and Henry's like, what? I got nothing. And he's in, and then they cut to a court scene and Henry is sitting next to this lawyer and all this lawyer has to do is smile at the judge. And the judge is like, ah. One of these fuckers. Yeah. Case dismissed. <laughs> and Henry doesn't have to speak. All the lawyer has to do is smile at this judge. And when he walks out of the courtroom, he's still a teenager at this point. Yes. When he walks out of the courtroom, he like the entire or part of or the <laughs> big point, big part of the Cicero family is sitting there and just waiting for him. Just waiting for him, and they're cheering him on, and they're like, "Hey, we popped your cherry!" Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Jimmy like puts some money in his breast pocket, and he's like, "What's that for? I got pinched." And and Jimmy's like, yeah, but you didn't squeal on your friends, and that's all that matters. Yeah, which is which becomes a huge factor later on in his life. Yeah, later on, I feel like his individual loyalties come back to bite him in the ass. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, to, to be, be fair. fair, he's not he's not very loyal to anybody but the Cicero family throughout the entire movie. Well, no, because when he's... Polly pulls him aside and is like, I don't want you doing it in this drug business or whatever. With Tommy, yeah. No, 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 I know that. But well, no, he's the one that starts it, and then he brings Jimmy and Tommy in. Right, I know that, but, like... So, yes. So, as he gets older, his loyalties change to just himself. But at first, yes. he's very loyal to the Cicero family itself. Right. Um, and then he starts becoming more loyal to Jimmy and Tommy and that gets into some do bad. him well at all. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now they're older and I want to talk about Karen because Karen is a bad bitch. And Karen is not a Karen. No, she's not. She's not your typical 21st century Karen. Yeah. She is seriously one of my favorite characters ever. She is amazing. What's nice to me is that you still get the internal dialogue from her. Oh my gosh, and I love her voice. Yeah. <laughs> She's got that... Uh, where are they supposed to be again? They're supposed to be in New York, I, right? Yeah, they're in New York. She's got now. that New York Jewish accent. Yes, yes. And it's... It's oh so good. It is so good. Like she starts because there's voiceovers throughout the entire thing of Henry yeah. and Karen because that's who that's whose life they're they're yeah. following, and uh, Karen her voiceover comes and she's like she's like I couldn't stand him like that was the <laughs> first words that she said she's just staring at him so what happened was is that um well what happened was well what 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 what, what had happened. Was, <laughs> Uh, so Tommy asks Henry to come on this double date with him because the girl that Tommy is interested in is prejudiced against Italians. <laughs> she won't be alone with an Italian. Right, she won't be alone with an Italian. He's like, can you believe that in this day and age? And it's like the 60s. Or the well, 70s, no, it's the 70s, yeah. 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 <laughs> Even though they're making remarks about fucking... Wops and... Black people black and all people shit. And all that it's stuff, like, yeah. oh my God, yeah. you really... 
Right. Wow. So well, we he asks Henry on. to come on this double date with him, and Henry does not want to go. He is not at all interested. Well, he's in... got that thing. Yeah, he's got that thing. Yeah. Yeah, I got that thing with Tootie later. <laughs> yeah, right. I like can't I go to go. that. And so Henry's rushing throughout the first date, takes her home, pushes her to the door, does not acknowledge her whatsoever, but they promise to go out with them on Friday, and then Henry stands her up that Friday. And Karen is crying, and she's like, I made Tommy take me to go find no, him. No, uh, her friend made Tommy go look for him. No, she said I made Tommy. No, she, it was literally like I would just wanted to go home, but my friend made Tommy uh, take us to go look for him. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Tyler, I've watched this movie. Do we a need to fucking times. look at the script we right now? We look at it right now. He said, "I made Tommy take me to go look for him." That's exactly what she says in the mm. voiceover. I bet. Five dollars. We will. We will. We will. I will bet ten. That's fine. Fine. We will bet right now, and <laughs> we will be back next week, and we will tell you who wins this bet. All right. Anyway, so they leave the restaurant and pull up to the cab stand, and Karen gets out of the car. She's in this beautiful red dress, pearl necklace, and she's she looks like a typical. New York in the 70s lady, you know, bright pink lipstick, big hairsprayed hair. And she's like, you've got some nerve standing me up <laughs> and in front of all of his friends. <laughs> all and, of the family. Yeah, They're all, all like, loving oh this. my God, so they like, love she... it so much. And so she's yelling at him in the street and that's when Henry falls in love with her. <laughs> and I, I think that's so great. And she's like, and he's like, he's like, he's like, let me make it up to you. She's like, I'll think about it. And he's like, Karen, she's like, I'll think about it. <laughs> Yeah, her mood changes from sad and angry to like. Okay, okay. this is kind of cute. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I guess I can give him a chance. Right, right. <laughs> and then comes the scene of the Copa Cabana. At the Copa Copa Cabana. <laughs> and so I actually read this thing today uh, that Copa Cabana refused to let the family, the the crew, go in through the front. Mm-hmm. So that's why they had to do the sequence going through the kitchen, through the back, and all that. So I'm pretty sure when they go through the kitchen, they don't actually need to. I'm no, pretty but, sure they literally just do a loop around the kitchen and go out the same well, way it's they supposed, came Well, it's supposed to add to the mystic and to the... It, it helps with the... Well, he's I'm going in the back door. And I don't want to be seen as I'm walking through the floor. I want to go in the back. But then they get a table in the front. Well, no, I, I, I think it was, I don't know if it was, I don't want to be seen. It was more of like, I'm so important that I can just come in here. Right. Well, and he talks and to everybody. He talks he, to the chefs. He talks to yeah. the waiters who are making out in the back, the waiter, the wait, the waiter and the waitress. Always with you two. Yeah. Right. Every time you two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure like, yeah, they just do a loop around the kitchen, go out the same well, way. Well, it's also for the camera. Well, yeah. The camera work in this scene alone is freaking impeccable. Like the just yeah, it's following, a one take. Yeah, it's, it's a one take. To... They t- they did it five times though, but it's a one take from the street to their table, or to the to I'm the floor. I'm not sure at least. there's really a place to hide a cut in there either. I don't I don't remember any swipes across the screen from someone walking across or anything like that. So, yeah, it was legitimately a we're gonna do this like what forty ish forty five second one take yep. that goes from the street because. 
I'm not sure if there's a cut on the street at all. Like it cuts to them on the street. It cuts to them on the street, and then it cut, and then he gives the he gives the keys to the quote unquote valet, and she's like, "What are you doing? You just gonna leave your car here?" And he's he's like, and he's like, "Yeah, don't worry about it. They're gonna watch for me." Yeah. And then it's just follow the cameras following them through the back of the Copa and through the kitchen, through the coat hang, through the coat check, and yeah. all the way out to the floor. All the way out to the floor. All there's like a whole team of people just setting up for his arrival. Right. They, they like grab a table over their heads and put it in front and put the lamp and shit on it. That yeah, it, it's all in one go, and I'm I'm sure it probably took five five times. Five times to get it right, but how many times did they rehearse that before? I don't know. I bet that was like a two-week sequence. Maybe. Maybe. I'd be willing to bet. I don't know. It's probably the facts are probably out there somewhere, but it's a great it's a great scene, camera work, and also the soundtrack. Yeah. I just got to talk about the soundtrack because the first <laughs> the first the first song that is actually played is uh, "Rags to Riches." Yeah. Um, I was not expecting to hear um, Cream in there. Uh, Sunshine of Your Love. Yeah. Yeah, but the the song that's playing is this uh, And Then He Kissed Me by uh, the sisters, the Crystals. And it's one of my favorite songs. It's like, you know, the typical 60s, high-pitched girl trio band. Kiss Me. Yeah. I loved that. I love that song so much. But it's basically... I literally have no idea how that went. Like, I... And then he kissed me. Yeah, I was yeah. like... I was just throwing out something there. I had absolutely no idea how that yeah. went. So. You were pretty close. Not okay. quite, but pretty close. I mean, um, a lot the of the songs of this sound entire exactly film, the same. <laughs> the soundtrack of this entire film is awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sit down at the table and Karen's like, what do you do? <laughs> you are famous but how <laughs> I, 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 I get the what but the how right. and he's, like, he's like oh I'm in construction and she rubs his hand and she's like your hands don't feel like you're in construction <laughs> I, I'm a union leader yeah, right? yeah. she doesn't believe him she doesn't believe him straight from the get go now I'm pretty sure I, I know this is not the case but grandfather used to be a union man yeah. Steelworkers Union. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. He wasn't Italian, but I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Allegedly, he was a union man. Let's just Allegedly. Say it. No, I mean, he was. And so now, basically, Henry and Karen are a thing. Yep. Now they are officially together. And she starts hanging out with the other women of the family. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, these people are horrible. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> like, they didn't look real good. That's one of my favorite lines. I feel like she is a fish out of water throughout a lot of this movie when it comes to dealing with the family. Because all the other like women that are wives or whatever, they're all... Italian or from an Italian background. Right. And so they all get it. They all understand what's going on. They all know each other already. Right. And she's this just random chick. Who was found. Who was found. And she's like, 
what the fuck am I getting myself into? Right. Yeah, they go. She goes to like a hair party where they're like teasing and hairspraying, doing nails, putting goop on their faces, and she is so out of her element. They all looked awful. Yeah, and had way too much makeup on. Yeah, yeah. She's very much a standout. Yes, amongst them, yes. they. Yeah, it's. It's pretty bad looking at some of them. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, I'm sure they are all attractive in normal attire. But damn, some of them, it was hard to look yeah, at. Yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. Well, and then the wedding, mm-hmm. where Polly introduces her to all the Pauls and Pete's. And well, that's just a reception. The yeah. wedding, I think, was only like 20 or so people. But then the reception is like this huge thousand-person yeah. just extravaganza. The fucking wedding cake yeah. is like this subtuple layer monstrosity of a thing. Right. You know what we missed? Hmm. We miss talking about the first heist. The first mini heist that they did from the airport with the airport security guard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Jimmy, Jimmy, Robert De Niro's character, he is a main thing in the family because he can pull off these heists like no problem. Yeah, he, he searches for these big uh, poles. Typically what they do is they will go up and they will steal trucks hauling freight. Right. And he gets a tip about a job... Uh, for like an Air France cargo plane coming in that is just hauling a bunch of money for, I think, like veterans and stuff like I that. I don't know who it's for, but they're unmarked bills, completely untraceable, and the security guard gets Mark, with Henry. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, I'll just give you the key, and you guys can walk in, grab it, and go. And that's what they did. Yeah. They just walked right in and took it. And so that is that that kind of shows how easy it is for them to pull these things off well they they explain why because uh the family has so much pool that if the airlines and stuff complain they'll just get the unions to go on strike to pressure them to back off right so okay. they've got so we gotta go back to the wedding because i do have to say that the the wedding the dance the first dance song which uh-huh. is uh, life is but a dream by the heart tones was my wedding song Life is but a dream. No, not that no. one. No. <laughs> Good try, though. No, it was funny because, you know, I'm obvious I'm divorced now, but uh, when my ex-husband and I were, we were struggling to find a wedding song. We could not agree on a first dance song for the life of us, and we couldn't agree on much. And <laughs> we were... Uh, we were watching this movie and the scene comes on and this song starts playing and I and we look at each other and we're just like, yep, there it is. And uh, Well there it is. Yeah, well how how Henry and Karen end up, you know, that should have been a a contra- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she should have left him a while a long back. time ago. There's several yeah. points throughout the movie where it's like, please Just go. For your own sanity, just, just go. go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I said that to myself a bunch throughout my marriage, too. So So in the interest of not falling too hard into the... uh, Sorry, cats can magically open doors. Um, In the interest of not falling in a strictly chronological form. No, yeah, yeah. What is your favorite part of the movie? Okay, my favorite part is probably... hmm. It's probably when Henry wakes up to Karen holding a gun to his face. Okay. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so hey, later, it's, uh, it's the gun. Yeah, right. It's a three. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. 
Yes. So later on in the movie, Karen finds out that Henry is having an affair. And he's having an affair with a, a woman who's played by Debbie Mazar, who is one of my favorite character, favorite actresses. I honestly um, thought Karen was a better looking woman. Oh, also. yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, well, Debbie true. Mazar is addicted to cocaine. Not Debbie Mazar herself, but the character that she plays. Well, I can't no, remember her name. But. That's a different one because yeah. that's later. Uh the girlfriend he has when he's dealing coke is not the same as when she finds out. I'm not arguing with you again, but you are wrong. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm right. They are two different people because the one she finds out about and pulls a gun on him is the one that he buys an apartment for, like the really, oh, yeah, really the nice one. Yeah. Okay, you're right about that one, but you're not right about the first one. I am I, totally fucking right about this. You are. You. I just told you you were right about this one, but you were not right about the first one, about the the. Look, when, uh, we when we did Groundhog Day, I was willing to admit, yes, I've seen this a million times. But I was willing to admit, like, I, I can't remember. I just admitted that you were right. But you were not right about the one who said that Karen said, I made Jimmy take <laughs> you to go see. Or I made so Jimmy. right. And I am going to laugh so hard when you pay up the $10. Tyler, <laughs> you are right about this one. You are right about the woman that he buys the apartment for. But you are not right about the thing that we were arguing if about when 10 we minutes check, ago. I am wrong. I will fully admit it. But I am... <laughs> Very confident in this particular thing. I am too. But no, I told you, you were right in this instance, but you were not right in that one. You sa- She says, I made Tommy take I think I'm making a case for, for my memory being a little bit better than You yours. know what? We're just going to pause right here and I'm going <laughs> to prove him wrong. I'll be right back. Oh no. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh jeez. Oh, are you pulling out the movie? Yeah. Okay. That's the only way to prove it right. You can't pull I mean, quotes from the internet. Well, no, I was going to pull up the script. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. Also quicker. But if the only if the internet fucking works. For real, though. Could show victory. That. <sighs> he was okay. right. He was right about the girlfriend in the apartment, and that was not Debbie Mazar. But I was right that Karen said I made Tommy take me to go look for him. Boom, bitch. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Tyler doesn't like being wrong. I don't like being wrong, but I will willfully admit to being wrong. I don't like being wrong either. I hate it. So much. It's not fun at all. (laughs) (laughs) I finished my tea and I am not happy. Oh my god, it's hilarious. Uh, Well, what was your favorite part of the movie? Um, fuck. What was my favorite part of the movie? I don't know. I have a lot of parts that I just like really hated. uh, Joe Pesci's character. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like his. He's hard uh, to like. the the restaurant scene at the beginning where he's where he's telling a story and he's like hey 
go fuck your mother. And, you know, <laughs> Ray Liotta's laughing, and he's like, you're funny. And he's like, funny? You mean funny like a clown? You mean my voice is funny? The way I talk? Like, like, like how am I funny? Right. I mean, it's an iconic scene. Oh, yeah, but he's just fucking with him. Right. But it's, all has him. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bing, pow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the scene I hate the most with uh, Joe Pesci's character, uh, Tommy, is... Uh, when he shoots the kid that just, like, didn't hear him that he got... Oh, yeah. Well, the kid does tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah, and you but... you don't do that to a respected person in the Cicero family. You just don't do that. Well, like, even the guys around him are like... The fuck, Tommy? Like, Robert T. Yeah. slams down his cars and he's like, the fuck? They're like, like yeah, they he's got, got like... some balls on him. Like, show him a little bit of respect. <laughs> and yes, he's, you know, disrespecting you by saying you go fuck yourself, but, like... Shoot back to him at him verbally. Right. Don't shoot him physically. I love how I said verbally. These open nicely. I know. Well, it's that thing. That thing, like, is equal pressure around the cap, so it just pulls off. Anyway, uh, as far as favorite scene, that's a really hard one to answer. Because I'm not sure. I think it's probably either... It's probably the scene where uh, Karen goes to meet Jimmy after... Uh, when everything falls apart. When everything falls apart and he tells her to go look at dresses. And she starts to understand that maybe that's not what... Uh. <laughs> Get the fuck out of there! God! <laughs> but- not before we teabagged it. <laughs> all right sorry for the hard cut folks um in the process of dealing with the cat um we had a bit of a technical difficulty a microphone was uh or specifically my microphone was somehow disturbed right so we were talking about tyler's favorite scene where uh Karen. karen goes to jimmy and he tells her to go down the street and look at some dresses Yes. And I said that they were very obviously in the 80s because of how much, and I said because of how they're dressed, and he said because of how much cocaine they're smoking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. yeah. I think that was the the first part of the part that my might cut out. Like, gotcha. After, uh, right before that is when it cut out, and we are upset. Luckily, we only lost like six and a half-ish minutes. Yeah, but so, so just for the sake of uh, repetitiveness, if we say something again that we've said in the past, sorry, but also <laughs> forgive us and you can go fuck yourself if you don't, so. Wow. What? Damn. Gotta be assertive with these people. Jeez. <laughs> well, you don't run into a Tommy and they shoot you. <laughs> Let's see, what did we talk about in those six minutes? We talked about Maury. Hmm. We talked about... The hot-headedness of Tommy and all the things. The shoe box. The, the shoe shiner box. Yeah, so he kills a... Fuck. So the first scene when I... <laughs> bless you. Excuse me. So, Sorry for blowing out your ears. So the first scene in the movie when they're when Tommy stabs a guy in the trunk, the guy that he's stabbing is this guy, this maid guy, who has been in prison for six years. And when he went to prison, Tommy was a shoe shiner. Yeah, and... Uh, when they get out, he starts giving him shit about being a shoe shiner, and Tommy is a very proud individual. 
has a lot to prove, at least in his eyes. And so when this guy starts giving him crap about being a shoe shiner or basically being below him, uh, Tommy takes it personally and he's like, don't fucking let him leave. Yeah. <laughs> and so Tommy just fucks off for the rest of the party. The party is winding down all of this guy. Um, it's a welcoming party. It's a welcome yeah. back party for this guy. It's a welcome back party for this guy. After everybody leaves except for uh, Jimmy and Henry, uh, Tommy walks in, and he just starts beat the shit out of him. Right. Well, so what happened was is that he's like, he's like, why you busted like a, before before the party? It, you know, when the party's still going on, Tommy's like, why you fucking busting my balls and all this stuff? And you know, and then the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, whatever, you know, I'm just giving you a hard time. And then he sits back down. And he's like, now get your fucking shoe box or get you now. Now go get your fucking shine box. Yeah. And that's when Tommy goes off. And Henry has to basically restrain him and push him out of the. The party, the party. And Tommy's like, don't fucking let him leave. Yeah. So he comes back. He basically beats him unconscious. Uh, Jimmy helps out and everything. And still afterwards, they're all like, dude, Tommy, I get it. But what the fuck, man? Right. And Henry's been quiet pretty much this entire time because he knows. He's like, oh, fuck. Right. We have done goofed, yes. as uh, the kids would call it. Right. We just killed a made man. We're mm-hmm. taking him and we're burying him in the woods. Ah, uh, fuck. Yeah, they bury him upstate from New York. Right. Uh to make it harder to find. Then, like, six months later, uh, they learned that... That, land, that <laughs> land was sold to build condos on, so they knew that the guy was going to be bare, dug up. And so they're like, well, shit, now we have to go get it. And so they're digging him up, and Henry's like, oh, God, it smells horrible. And they're all laughing at him yeah. and everything. Yeah. Henry, at this point, has never been asked to kill anybody. Right. All he does is steal and petty theft. He doesn't... And deliver. Kill. He and steals deliver. and delivers, yeah. He also helps with, you know, disposals of bodies, but he never actually does the killing or anything like that. So he's kind of out, out of his element here. Um, it's, it's funny when he's, like, washing his car and his wife and kids walk up and like, Oh my God, what the right? fuck and is that like, And he's like, a raccoon died in my trunk, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, I think it was a skunk, actually. Yeah, whatever. A, a rodent. A rodent died. Yeah. Do we have to do this again? No. I, that's why. That's why I just put a, a umbrella statement of rodent. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I mean, we're slowly ramping up the energy. Uh, energy. Yeah. Uh, this is our tenth episode. I know. We finally happy, made it to happy ten episodes. We finally our, made to it to our four listeners. <laughs> yeah. Happy finally making it to double digits, guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah up from here i wish it was double digits somewhere else but okay yeah, right uh but so that's that's the first time that tommy loses his school yeah second time that tommy loses his school is it i can't remember you know what this is this is where i probably need clarification even though i have seen this movie a million times does he shoot the guy first or does he kill maury first shoot the guy the waiter that we talked about earlier uh he kills the waiter first and okay. then he shoots Maury. All right, so they're at this like underground pool party or pool party. But see, the Maury thing, I think he was just asked to do that. It wasn't him getting. No, mad no, at he him. wasn't asked to do it because everybody's super irritated with him that he did it. Well, no, because he follows out with uh, Jimmy and everything, and Jimmy is not like no. What when, the fuck? When he, when he kills Maury, he like Jimmy is like the fuck. No, he's yes, not. Yes, he is. No, he's yes, not. He is. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Pause one more time because I'm about to prove you wrong. I'm pretty sure it was just like a, you know what? Let's fucking do this thing, cause, yeah. cause he did. He's not even like what the fuck. He's just like, okay, let's just get rid of the body or whatever. Yeah. He he does. He's, he's like, what the fuck, Tommy? <sighs> let's see here. Wait, did he say, are you a pain in the ass, or he's a pain in the ass? I think he just says, ah, pain in the ass. Yeah, because he is saying that he is a pain in the ass because he calls off the hit of him. Yeah, but... But I don't don't think he originally had... I don't think he originally had Tommy do the hit in general. Like, Tommy just decided to kill Maury because he knew that maybe Jimmy was planning on it, but Jimmy gets frustrated right there because he had originally called it off, but he didn't. He, I don't think he relayed the message. I think that to was Tommy. frustration from Maury following them out and no, hassling them. I don't because he he looks at Henry at the poker table and says, "I'm not going to do it." Pretty much with his face. Yeah, but that was before Maury followed him out and annoyed the shit Maury out of him. Maury didn't follow them out. They yeah, all he left did. together. No, yeah. he didn't. Okay, even if he was going with them. He, he then proceeded so he is, to do that shit. He is mad at Tommy for killing Maury. Because that is the third time that he has to clean up Tommy's mess. That is why he's upset with Tommy. He has to clean up Tommy's mess with the maid man. He has to clean up Tommy's mess with the waiter. And now he has to clean up Tommy's mess with Maury. He did not want to kill Maury. I, Originally, he did. I feel like this is something we should get a third opinion on at some point. But I, my opinion is, regardless as to whether he called it off the night, they were probably already set up to do it. But I don't think that Tommy... And that was how it was going to happen, regardless of whether he called it off or not. However, I think it was called off, but when they went outside, Maury proceeded to hassle no, Jimmy because, again. Because then he says... I, I will acquiesce to the point that he didn't follow them out, he went out with them. But then he says, then he says clean up this fucking mess. Like, he gets irritated. Watch. But is he irritated because of uh, Tony or Tommy? Yeah, he's irritated at Tommy. Uh, That's not really that irritated, though. He didn't go clean up this fucking mess. He just, like, okay, uh, chop him up and get rid of the car. He's all, clean up this fucking mess, chop him up and get rid of the car. And then he slams the car door. He is irritated at Tommy. But is he? I think he's irritated at Maury. No, he's not. I'm... Mm, I The impression <laughs> that I got, both last night when I watched the movie and just now, is that uh, they walked out and he was fine, and then Maury started pestering him again about the money. He and wasn't so, even talking about the money. Yeah, he was. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. Not when he got stabbed in the neck. He was not talking about no, the money. No, not then, but when they were walking to the car. They were, so that's probably why he wasn't that frustrated with him, but that but he was frustrated with Tommy because he has to clean up Tommy's mess again. I'm pretty sure there's a moment where they kind of all look at each other and uh, basically silently agree, like, okay, we're getting rid of this fucking guy. No! No. I get that this is your favorite movie and you see it a million <laughs> it's not, times. It's not my favorite movie. It's, it's, or one it's of your favorite there, movies. But... 
I, I get this I, and that you've I, seen it a million times. What? That's fine. I, we're just interpreting it differently. However, I think you're wrong. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> you know what? We can't agree on everything. It would be weird if we agreed on everything. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, Maury was not supposed to die. Tommy was not supposed to kill Maury. And I think that and I think that I will, Tommy, and I think that Jimmy was irritated with Tommy because he has to fucking clean up Tommy's mess again for the third time. I even if he is frustrated with Tommy, I don't know if he's necessarily fr- frustrated that he has to clean up after him. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't have to clean well, up no, after him because he, he's like you fucking My guess is it. that in the original plan to get rid of Maury, that was how it was going to go down anyway. With an ice pick to the back of his brain? Yeah, because it's not In the... In one of his cars? No way. Well, it's not a... Uh, I don't think it's a Jimmy's car because he's not the one driving. But also, that's not the, you know, fucking off-the-wall stabby-stab that Tommy normally does. It was literally just a one-shot to the back of uh, the head with the uh, ice pick screwdriver whatever. And that's it. I'm of the impression that that was the original plan all along. Maybe he didn't tell Tommy, and that's why it still happened. But I'm also still on the impression. But Tommy saps him and says, "God, he didn't shut the fuck up." Yeah, but so I think he just. I think that was just a Tommyism that was going to be said regardless. I think he just killed him out of irritation. And Jimmy was frustrated because he, Jimmy got in the car anticipating on leaving with them. And then all of a sudden, Maury is stabbed and he gets out of the car. He's like, I'm not fucking dealing with this. I feel like the talk about the diner was them code, uh, Jimmy talking code with a, wow, I just spilled tea on myself. Uh, Jimmy talking code with Tommy and the other fucker, fucking guy or whatever. Frankie. Frankie basically saying, yes, let's do this i don't think so i think they were i don't actually, think they, i don't I think I, they were I, actually going to the diner because tommy gets out all or because john or tim jimmy gets out all frustrated he's like fucking chop him up and get rid of it i'm not fucking dealing with this i really 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 don't think that that was supposed to happen see i don't remember the what the fuck you know chop him i remember the chop him up get rid of the car i don't remember the frustration phrase I just that you're showed Show it again. I will if if that's what he actually says because where you played it from, he didn't say that or we were talking at the same time. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he just says chop him up and really hey, car. To our four listeners, if you've seen Goodfellas, let me know if you think that Jimmy actually actually like asked Tommy to kill him or if uh, or if that whatever. I think there's three scenarios. There's three scenarios here. He called it off and Tommy just went off on his own. Which I but think is what happened. There's, he called it off, but neglected to tell Tommy, and so Tommy did it anyway, but was supposed to originally. And third, Which is a possibility. Third, in that moment, he changed his mind and went through it with it anyway, and that was how it was going to originally go down. Or rather, it was planned to go down, but how it went down wasn't necessarily planned it was just going to be an after the party thing that's fine i think he got frustrated with tommy because he has to clean up or he because he is now in charge of cleaning up another mess of tommy's that's what i think it is if it was an after the party thing like they decided to go through with it anyway that he could be frustrated with tommy in that okay tommy you could have really picked a better way to do this so we don't have to get rid of the fucking car still i i strongly believe that in that moment he changed his mind to go through with it anyway right 
Okay, so let's talk about the waiter. So they're at this part. They're they're at this poker game. <laughs> We're just gonna skirt past this. Uh, so <laughs> I have opinion <laughs> i have an opinion <laughs> oh no jeez you are all over the place today look okay i i'm a mess of a human being okay, well, we've, just, we've established just, this the blood that runs through our veins wow we met our mother um damn <laughs> she doesn't listen to this fuck <laughs> yeah it's a little bit if too she explicit. did listen to it we'd hear about it do you have to cuss so much <laughs> oh yeah that's true she Oh, my virgin ears. Every time someone fucking says that, I'm just like, fuck, fuck, bitch, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Like, I I immediately just turn it up to 11, every other word. It's like fucking Pulp Fiction up in here. Yep. Like, who the fuck cares? Actually, so, um, the word fuck and its derivatives are used 341 times in this movie. And Uh uh, Wolf of Wall Street, which is another Scorsese film is number three in the highest of fucks and its derivatives in the history of movies. This is number, like, 12, I think it is. And it's funny because they, they, won, re- they won an Oscar for Best Screenplay, but yeah. most of it is improvised. Can you remember what the actor with the most number of fucks on screen is? It's not Samuel L. Jackson because I was surprised that it wasn't. Yes. It is... This is from uh, History of... Uh, Curse words yeah, are swearing. Yeah, with uh, my, Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Jonah Hill. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you say Wolf of Wall Street reminded me. It. It's yeah. that movie right there that is why he is at the top of yes. that. Yes. So anyway. <laughs> yes. So no, because I when when I first watched that show, I was like, it's definitely Samuel L. Jackson. And then when they said it wasn't, I was like, what? Yeah. Everyone that they're interviewing says it's got to be Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> and they're just like, wait a minute, that makes a lot of sense actually. Yep. Nope. So it's Jonah Hill. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he has to clean up the mess of the maid guy, and yeah. then he has to clean up the mess of the waiter. So they're at this underground park poker game, and he shoots the waiter in the foot yep. first. And he shoots the waiter in the foot because he forgets Tommy's drink. And the waiter is just like, look, I, I thought you said this thing. I thought you didn't want a drink. And Tommy goes off the rails and shoots him in the foot. And Tommy's like, I don't care. I wanted a drink. And he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't, didn't hear you. It's The waiter should have just been like, you know what? I'm going to just cut my losses and just go get you a fucking drink. Right. Like, at Tommy is definitely one of those people where you're not going to win. Right. The best move is just to be like, okay, you win. Even then he might still go off on you because you'd be like... What's that fucking supposed to mean? Right. What? You don't want to fucking go? Like. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you just not like talking to me? Like, what the fuck? Right. He's he's always looking to fucking start shit. Yeah. It it doesn't matter whether you're. Um. Some a friend fucking, or a foe yeah, or just, anything. Yeah. He just wants to go. Super off. short fuse. Yeah. Probably and, a miserable human being. <laughs> and then cut to a couple days later, the waiter comes back. He's. Got a cast on his foot. Got a cast on his foot. He's doing all that. And then Tommy makes a snark comment. And the waiter is like, you know what, Tommy? Go fuck yourself. And everybody else is like, oh, Oh, shit. shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. The ball's on this guy. And then Tommy ends up just shooting him six or seven Well, Jimmy's like, are you going to take that, Tommy? Like, Kind of eggs him on. Eggs him on to fire back verbally. Right. And then he fires back with a weapon. We've gone over this scene like once before, and I said the exact same thing, and I said verbally 
Verbally. Both times. <laughs> it's uh, verbally. 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 Okay. And then he ends up shooting the waiter seven to- or six or seven times after that. And, t- you know, t- John- or Jimmy just throws down his cards and he's like, the fuck, Tommy. Like, yeah. I just have to keep cleaning up your fucking messes here. And so that's, that's, just, that's just a gist of how Tommy is. Okay, so let's, let's revert back to Tom- Henry Hill here. Let's get to how he gets into Do you think the... he's related to Hank Hill at all? No. 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 <laughs> Hank Hill is way too chill to be in the Sicilian family. Or to be in the Cicero family. So let's talk about prison. Okay. The first time that they're in prison. So the first time that they're in prison, they're basically treated like gods. They're all be able they're all able to be housed together. They're all able to cook the meals that they <laughs> yeah. want. They're all able to do everything that they want. Yeah. And uh, during before they went to prison, Henry had a mistress, and he bought her an apartment and everything. And Karen found out about it, and she goes to this apartment and oh, she's God. like pushing every button, and she's like, "Did you know that there's a whore living in your building?" Like, <laughs> oh God, I love it so. Were there much. kids there too? Were there kids like there, this, yeah. if there was a full Karen moment, this is it. This is it, yeah. But I mean, I would do that too. Yeah. And I like if I found out that my husband was cheating on me and bought her an apartment and everything while he was neglecting me and my me and his kids, I would do the exact same thing. Yeah. She's like, "Stay the fuck away from him. I have his kids and his. I'm his wife. Like, stay the fuck away from him." Yeah. And she basically runs this first mistress off. Yeah. And uh, but also, uh, Jimmy and Polly tell him to go back home to Karen. Yes. They're like, look, you need to make it right with Karen. You need to go home. You need to go home to your family. And Henry abides. He abides by that. Wait, we're not going to tell you what to do or anything. No one is doing that. But we strongly recommend that you do this. Right. But in that transition, we're sending you down to Florida. Because <laughs> he goes to... They go to shake down the guy at the zoo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is how they get caught because uh, the dude's sister that they shake down is a stenographer for the FBI. Right. So Polly's like, Polly's like, you know what? How about this? Why don't you go down to Florida, take a couple days for yourself, and think about it. And then when you come home, go home to Karen. Yeah. And, yeah. So he ends up in prison, does all that. And then Karen... Is like smuggling things into prison for him, like yeah. bread, prosciutto, and, yeah, prosciutto, food items, things Have like that. Have you ever that. had prosciutto? Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. So good. It's the and most expensive meat sh- you can buy at the deli, by the way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and she sees that his mistress came and visited him in prison, yeah. and so she starts making a scene. I and love this her completely full so much. She starts his, taking the bread and everything out of her out of her coat, and she's like, "Is this what you fucking want? Is she what you fucking want? Like, she, she can smuggle the shit in for you." Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's incredible. She is such a bad bitch. I love her so much. This is like a the fucking pan shot of a bunch of prisoners before it gets to them before she walks in, and the first prisoner is sitting there getting uh, a blowjob. Yeah. Just in the middle of the room. Yeah. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do when you're in prison, man. Yeah. Yeah. We can't really do much after that. But It's like, um, yeah, you get conjugal visits, but you don't get a private room. Right. Well, so when he gets out of prison, Karen is no longer in their expensive home. No? She is in a studio apartment. The kids are sleeping on bunk beds in the same room as her. And he comes home, and he's looking around, and he's like, 
pack your shit. We're not staying here. Yeah. <laughs> because when he was in prison, so was Polly. Yeah. And so was Jimmy. So, so no one was able to help her family. So she had to sell their house and basically live in poverty. Well, they, he was making some income yeah. uh, smuggling shit into prison and selling it that way. Um, but it was just barely enough. I wouldn't be surprised if she had to like get a second job or get a job part-time or whatever just right. to kind of help. But, yeah, he uh, they get back and she's like, no. No. We're not doing this shit. Right. And so he gets help from Polly because they're out of prison now and everything. And then uh, he goes to dinner at Polly's and Polly's like, look, I don't want you getting involved in this drug shit. Yeah. Well, what does Henry end up doing? Getting involved in the drug shit. Well, he was already involved. They right. started back in prison. He started smuggling in pills and all that shit. Right. But he saw how lucrative that was and decided to take that outside of prison. Yeah. So he gets with... Uh, Jimmy and Tommy, and they start selling cocaine. Yeah, his contacts in Pittsburgh. Right. He's got contacts in Pittsburgh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, uh, no, so he meets someone in prison who has contacts in Pittsburgh. And outside of prison, they come yeah. up with this business plan, and he brings in Tommy and Jimmy. And uh, Polly warns him away from it, but he doesn't heed. You know, at least in the case of this drug business, uh, Jimmy is smart in that he's just in it to sell and make money. He doesn't right. care. Uh, whereas Henry goes full on, like... Mixing it with baby powder, uh, bringing in other people to cut it, to mix it, to yeah. do everything. And then also... And that's where Debbie Mazar comes in. Yeah. Yeah. But he also, like, is partaking a whole bunch himself. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Him and Karen you know, both. Maybe he is related to Hank Hill because he sells cocaine and cocaine accessories. Oh my god, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What? Oh shit. Is that too much of a low hanging fruit? Like literally dragging the ground low hanging? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's ridiculous. God. Oh man. Well, there are there any scenes that you want to talk about before we get to the big finale here? Uh, no, no. That I can think of. Um, yeah, I don't think so. No. All right, so like we said earlier, um, Henry had gotten into the drug business. Yes. And it turns out <laughs> that uh, he starts being followed. By a helicopter. By a helicopter. <laughs> and it's probably, like, you can tell how strung out he is. Well, he's got that full, like, pale face, uh, red nose, sunken eyes look to him. Well, he's supposed to meet his contacts from Pittsburgh. And, um, but he's also supposed to be cooking dinner for his family. He's got to sell guns to Jimmy. Jimmy doesn't like it. So he's like, okay, well, I'm meeting my contacts from Pittsburgh. I can sell that. Goes back to the house uh, to um, start dinner. Make the sauce. Then he but, so also what we didn't mention in the beginning is that he has a brother who's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like the only other scene that you see him besides in the very beginning when it shows the rest of the family. He's got like three or four siblings. Yeah. But you only ever see the brother again. Um, they go to start the sauce. He's like, okay, I got to go. Um, he goes, meets with the other mistress lady. 
uh, to get I to. I can't ca- remember her name. Um, well, she doesn't really matter movie. all that much. But her, <laughs> but she's played by Debbie Mazar, who I just love. Yeah. So. Uh, gets the cocaine, leaves, comes back to the house. Uh, finishes dinner. Finishes dinner. Uh, and he's but he like so well, he picks he's up. He's got to get the gun, so he. Yeah, he picks up his brother. And he's after. like, and he's like, look, look, look. Do you see that? Do you see that helicopter? And yeah, you know, I think his kid brother's name is Mikey. Yeah, I think so. Mikey, and uh, he's like, Mikey, do you see that and everything? And then, then on one of his runs, he has Karen with him. Yeah. And she's they like, go, oh my god, I see it! I see it! I see it! And uh, she, they end up going into a shopping mall for a while to kind of just uh, to divert attention to see that hey. We're just shopping. We're just we're just a normal yeah. suburban family here. <laughs> and he's br- driving like this bright, burnt orange car too. So it's not like it's hard to spot. Oh my gosh! What? You're right. About what? Stax is Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, that's what I thought. You, the only time you get a really good look at his face is when you first see him on screen. Every other time, it's always shaded. He's turned away or whatever. It's only the first time you see him on screen that you actually get a look at his face. And I was he's like, he's just so tall and skinny. I didn't yeah, even think that it was him. Yeah, he's pretty skinny. I mean, the only other time I think he might get a decent look at him is when he gets killed. But oh my gosh, I can't believe that I never knew that. That's awesome. Man, I got I I have a thing for faces, man. Yeah, I, I guess. Anyway, uh, I was like, he either looks really much like him. Wow, I do words good. Uh, I do words good. Uh, he either really looks like him or he is him. So that's crazy. I never knew that. You learn something every day. But I also do know that Tommy's mother and <laughs> Tommy's mother is uh, uh, Martin Scorsese's mother in real life. Oh. Where she's like, come on, eat some food. <laughs> you never come visit anymore. When are you going to meet a nice girl? <laughs> oh, we're just here for so- sh- shovel that nonsense. I'll cook you dinner. And... Yeah, little do you know that I got a body in my trunk right now. <laughs> Please, uh, we, we don't really have the time to talk. Let's go. I know, I know. So that's the problem with doing these really long movies is that we can only touch on like the main points. You can't really go I... through. And... Well, that's the other thing. Like, We don't want to have a repeat of the Joker where... We literally go f- point for point, and our podcast ends up being as long as the movie. It's like, okay... Sandy. Her name is Sandy. Sandy Scorsese? No, it's uh, Debbie Mazar's character. Oh. Her name is Sandy. The, ca- the cocaine mistress. Well, all she's there is to... Do cocaine and blow Henry every Pretty so much, while. yeah. Do blow a... and blow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you put all of her scenes together and just call it a movie called Blow. Yeah, pretty much. Well, there is a movie called Blow. Dan. You've never seen Blow? Yeah, I've seen the movie Blow. With Johnny Depp? Yeah. Promise? Yeah. With Tuna? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Also, that scene where he's walking from the airport uh, when he finally gets to the 80s and uh, it's fucking Ram Jam. Are about Blow or? Blow. Yeah. And... Uh, it's been a long time since I've watched it. The uh, Black Betty. Ooh, Black Betty. Yeah. Okay. And he's got the strut going. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Johnny Depp is a babe. Swing. <laughs> <laughs> Shame what's going on with him right now, but. But actually, he's winning. Yeah. Amber Heard is Amber Heard is 
in the toilet. Yeah. Now you can go fuck yourself, bitch. Yeah. Um, that's... But anyway, so we're coming to the end of Henry Hill's reign here. So this helicopter's following him around. And he has a drug mule who is also his babysitter. So she has or a, a babysitter. Or, or a babysitter of some sort. So how yeah. she gets the drugs on the plane is she has a baby. She carries the drugs in the baby bag yeah not in the baby and not in the baby i, 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 I paused <laughs> at the wrong time she carries some drugs in the baby bag yeah and uh she makes a call on the landline yeah he specifically tells her like hey when you call the check-in with the flight and everything don't call from the house don't call from the house call from like a payphone or something just don't call from the landline in the house yeah and she fucking does it anyway yeah, she's just like immediately twat. after getting off the yeah she's a dumb twat yeah yeah, so she does that. So now the cops are like, okay, we need to circle this house before they get on that plane. So the cops circle the house. Yeah. And uh, Karen panics and flushes all of the drugs down the toilet. Yeah. And they also leave the house, by the way, because the babysitter's like, I don't I, have my hat. I, I need my hat. It's my lucky hat. I can't fly without it. I'm like, like honestly, like, this is. The illustration of really, really, really be choosy with who you partner up with because someone is going to get lax and is going to do dumb shit like this at some point. Yes. Especially because she got too comfortable. Yeah, she got got way way too comfortable. Way too comfortable. She's like, I'm smuggling drugs with a baby that's not even mine. So I need my hat and I'm going to make this phone call on your landline even though you fucking told me not to. Yeah. So. And he's being like he's being very like aggressive about it, and is a little bit paranoid, but rightly so. Yeah, I mean she's just too much of a fucking dipshit to get the point. Get to the point where it's like, uh, if we get caught, you get caught too. You fucking dumb bitch. Yeah, like <laughs> come on. Hello? You've been carrying drugs over state lines for me. Yeah, maybe even country lines for all I know. Like, but the thing is, is they had been tailing him for a month already. Right. So they already suspected that uh, or knew that he was doing that. They were just looking for something. And that phone call was it. Right. That phone call was the something. Right. So that's how Henry gets busted yet again. Yeah. And he gets out of prison or he gets out on bail, I think it is, yeah. to await trial. And he gets home and uh, he finds out that Karen... Uh, Flushed his flushed his drugs down the toilet, and he's like, "The fuck, Karen? That's all our money!" Like, well, it was his secret stash that yeah. uh, wasn't the readily available stuff, and it was like sixty grand in coke. Yeah. So it was supposed to be their security blanket, so to speak. Yeah. And um, she flushed it down the toilet. She's like, "What did you expect me to do? They were gonna find it, you know." And so that's that's one thing that we didn't really touch on was the scene that I that's my favorite scene when she's holding a gun to his face yeah and he wakes up and Karen's holding a thirty eight to his face our our good friend thirty eight yeah and uh, she's like do you love her and <laughs> you know he, she finds out about his affairs his multiple affairs and uh, she he ends up hitting her which I don't enjoy I don't enjoy the violence of the film but also I mean I kind of get it because you woke up to a fucking gun in your face you'd be a little bit uh, punchy after that yeah yeah I mean if you if you survived that yeah you'd be upset yeah but he gets the gun out of her hands and ends up doing whatever he does to her and but anyway, so that's another scene like this when he gets upset that she flushed the toilet and she she is like 
the perfect upset actress. She's like, I'm sorry. So he realizes that they have no money. So he goes to Polly and is like, look, I understand that I fucked up. Got that, in the I drug sh- scene. that I went into the drug scene, even though you told me not to. But I, I got nowhere else to go. Right. So Polly gives him like thirty two hundred uh, cash, and it's all he had in his pocket. It's all he had in his pocket, and he's like, "I gotta turn my back on you." So he does. And then right after this is uh, he talks about how. And in the midst of all of this is the the, the heist. Yeah. So everybody. Well, this dying. is after the heist. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like in the midst of this, so oh, yeah. then everybody's dying. Yeah. In this process. Jimmy so. is slowly killing off people so he doesn't have to pay out. Right, and we also got to talk about Tommy. Yeah. And how he... Tommy was going to get... Uh, was told that he was going to become a made man. Right. And the day of the ceremony or whatever, Henry and Jimmy are sitting at a diner awaiting the news. And it's done. That's Jimmy done. is, like, over the moon right now because uh, in his mind, now that Tommy's getting made, it's like they're getting made, too. Right. Exactly. Because Tommy... Or because Jimmy is part Irish, too, I believe. Yeah, both uh, yeah. he and Henry are half Irish yeah. uh, and half Italian. Right. So they can't be made, but the fact that one of their cohorts is about to be made is huge yeah. for them as the, a trio. Yeah. And so they're just awaiting the news. Um, but Tommy, it's a setup. They are actually there to get rid of Tommy. So they show up. So like work. I said earlier, it's kind of a tit-for-tat thing. Yeah. He killed a made man. So he gets killed himself. So he gets killed. And Polly had to agree to it. Yeah. Ultimately. Like, Polly was like, you know what? It had to be done. It is what it is. That is, that's, that's the way of the game, pretty much. So basically, it's not that you can't kill a made man, you just have to get it approved. You have to ask explicit permission. And you have to to get get it approved. Legit reason. Yeah, legit reason. Asking somebody to get their fucking shine box... Is not a legit reason to yeah. kill a made man. Yeah, just sorry, Tommy. Yeah, but that's just not how it is. It'd be like you know fucking your wife or something. That's that's the reason. Yeah, it's gotta yeah. be. Yeah, fucking your wife, going behind your back on anything really, selling and, you out. Yeah, things like that. Things that it's like okay, these are, you know, bro code violations. Not it's literally a bro code. Like yeah. the, the the mob rule is a bro code. That's, that's literally yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't fuck your sisters. You don't fuck your moms. <laughs> yeah. But he gets, made men. he gets off. Um, and Jimmy has gone out to a payphone to like check in and see if it's happened yet. And he gets the news that he's gone. Right. He's gone, Jimmy. And Jimmy is upset oh, because yeah. Tommy was like a son to him. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Henry's upset too, but everybody else around them starts dropping like flies. Yeah. And that's when Henry realizes that even though I wasn't part of the heist, I was a brainchild of the heist. But see, I... So... Well, yeah. So I, I, I need to start protecting myself here. But he wasn't really thinking he was going to get hit until he got uh, hit up with the drug stuff. Right. right. Uh, when people started dropping like flies, he already knew what was happening... He had already gotten paid out his finder's fee, so he was fine. It wasn't like he was waiting for money or anything, but all the people who started dying were waiting for their share. Right. Um, I don't necessarily think that all the things that they bought were necessarily with 
heist money, but they were going out and buying things and, you know. Because they were idiots. anticipating coming into such money. Yes. Um, so Jimmy started killing them off, one, to not squeal, and two, to not have to share. Yeah. And that's very selfish of him. <laughs> yeah. But in the eyes of the mob, they're like, well, they're not, none of them are made men, so. Why not? Uh, okay. No. Uh, but then Henry gets arrested for drugs. Mm-hmm. And. Polly turns his back on him. Polly turns his back on him, and it's just a air of. You are in a tough spot, so you are now a liability. And so he starts thinking, at any moment, that could be it. And then Jimmy asks him to go down to Florida. Yeah. So there's two Jimmy invites, there's wants to meet one. with him. Jimmy wants to meet with him. So he, uh, and so Henry picks like the most public crowded diner possible. Tries to get there before him, but still doesn't. Jimmy yeah. still beats him there. Jimmy has not touched the food he ordered. Uh, they sit down and Jimmy starts talking to him and kind of alluding to like, you know, you know what we, what we do to squealers, right? Just to kind of reaffirm, like, hey, this is what's happening. And then he talks about uh, how... Jimmy talks up to Henry about how he wants him to go uh, whack a guy down in Florida. Yeah. And Henry's like, he's never asked me to do something like that before. Right. This and is... When I know that yeah. I am actually going to be the guy whacked yeah, down Yeah, I'm not going to come home from Florida. Right. And this is when he goes to the feds. Uh, and it literally cuts to a scene where he's talking with uh, his lawyer or the prosecutor about going into the witness protection program. Right. Which is ultimately where he ends up. Yeah. Him and him, him, Karen, and he his family up. end up in the witness protection program. Yeah. That's, and ultimately, him and, you know, that's... They live the rest of their lives. Right. In, he, he squeals on everybody, Polly included. Yeah. Polly, Jimmy, uh, he the, probably the entire... The entire... Like, uh, he was, I don't know what the negotiations were like, but he, he was probably just thinking it was a drug thing. And then they're like, oh no, you're part of the mob. We want you to sell out everybody. Right. right. Really what we should do is that if we get to the point where we make a Patreon, yeah, we should do a in-depth investigation on the whole Henry Hill yeah. story and talk about it. I'd also like, uh, if we do a Patreon, I'd love to do like live streams of us watching the movie, uh, and instead of doing a podcast episode on it, we're like doing a live, yeah, like a like live interaction. Our, yeah. yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's yeah. only episode ten. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we have ideas of what to do when, if things ever, you know, kick off a little bit. Right. But we're Which they will being realistic they will. in that we're not going to worry about it until it actually becomes a thing. Right. There's no point in starting all that shit unless there's actually a reason for it. Right. Let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right. So ultimately, <laughs> Henry and Karen end up divorcing in like 2001, I think it was. They go into the witness protection program in 1987, and then they get divorced in 1989. Okay, yeah. Uh, Jimmy gets sent to prison for the heist, the heist, and uh, a couple murders, and a couple murders, and isn't allowed to get off, uh, isn't up for parole until 2004. So that's where the 2000 came in. Yeah. yeah. And then but he Paul- died in 1996 of lung cancer. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I thought or that was Polly. I thought that was Polly. 
No, it was it was Jimmy. I thought it was. Paulie I read that... I read the fact earlier today. Oh, I yeah. thought it was Paulie that died yeah, from Yeah, because he was he was up for parole in two thousand four, but he died in nineteen ninety six. Okay. Jimmy Burke is his real name. I thought I said Polly died from respiratory uh, complications. He did, but I think he died earlier in the 90s because yeah. he was older. Yeah. But he I was did, like 70-something yeah. yeah. when he died. Yeah. Also, Jimmy yeah. is like a few years older than they are. Like when they first meet Jimmy, Jimmy is like in his like late, late 20s, 20s and they are like 13. Teens, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's 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 a he's a father figure, so to speak, yeah. because they don't mention Henry's family again at yeah. all the entire, except for except for Mikey. Uh, Mikey, and so you don't know what happens to his parents or his other siblings. They just his. I think that his brother, who was in a wheelchair, was there for the ultimate arrest. Yeah, and that's why they that's why they uh, they brought him in for that scene, but. Yeah, no, I mean, this it's, it's, This movie is chock full of information. Oh, yeah. And there are, there are names that are changed, there are events that are changed, but it is loosely based on the true story of the Cicero family and on Henry Hill's story. Because Henry Hill, after, you know, after he got out of the witness protection program, after the people that he was scared of died, he came out and told his story. There's, there's a lot of documentaries where he is face to face with the camera and is not oh, yeah. scared to actually talk about it. Well, all and, those people are dead now. Right. Well, so there's this, there's this one documentary it's called the real good fella. Mm-hmm. it's actually, it was actually in the UK, the United States didn't even do it. The uh, United Kingdom did. That's the first time that I ever saw the real Henry Hill. Mm. And any resemblance to, no, no, but also, <laughs> but also he, he's old, you know, he was like an old, he looked like a Harley Davidson guy with a white ponytail. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't really looked up the actual story as much as I love this story. Um, I actually think I'm going to buy this wise guy book because until today, I didn't know that it was based on this book. So really, that's he, like, yeah, right at the beginning. Well, I usually don't listen to the credits, like, or I don't wa- I don't watch the credits. I watch it that one time, the first time I watch it, and then I know when the credits are coming, so I just whatever. And but I love the credit song, the Rags to Riches, like, love that song. <laughs> um, but usually, you know, yeah. it is what it is. So, um, if you are a fan of gangster movies like this, but you want a UK variety. I believe it's called The Gentleman with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I've seen it. That is yeah. uh, a fun like, movie. That is so fun. It is such, <laughs> such a Such a fun movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, I went and saw it with Dad, and we just died laughing. Yeah. It's hilarious. We died laughing with the guy that just rolls over the edge of the bridge, <laughs> yes. and then they go to chase after him, and he just like stands up, and he's like, ah, and he gets immediately hit by a train. It's like... Oh F- fuck! <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just like so shell. No, so the gentleman. Shell-shot. The gentleman is an incredible film. Oh, it's fucking that hilarious! I love film. it. It's like a a UK Scorsese film, yep. but with a little bit more humor. It's mm-hmm. just oh, it's fucking right. great. And so that is that's another thing about like so that's why I love Wolf of Wall Street, you know, because there is that humor. Yeah, he comes in like this was made in nineteen. I mean, it was filmed in eighty nine, probably came yeah. out in ninety. And, you know, the later Scorsese films, The Departed. The Padded. The Departed. Um, Wolf of Wall Street. Those ones are more 
even though they take place, well, The Departed takes place in modern times, but Wolf of Wall Street takes place in the early 90s. It has that, that, uh, or this, <laughs> yeah. this, this humor that will get this generation's Absurdist attention. humor, yeah, basically. Right, and plus, you see Margot Robbie naked in yeah. Wall Street, and you can't fucking knock that at all. Yeah, I don't care who you are. Yeah. Margot Robbie I know, is I a very, really very beautiful woman. I was really sad you didn't woman. see her naked in the new Suicide Squad. I <sighs> was so sad, because I'm like... You're obviously having sex when not be naked. <laughs> There's also the fact that they are not. Oh, it's not one of those movies where yes, it's rated R, but we're gonna you know. They focus show on. they show stripper boobies. Yeah, they show stripper boobies. And they, they show, show a pee pee. Yeah, they show a dude's dick <laughs> in the woods, and yet I'm guessing just in her contract it was like, look, I'm not here to do that. Well, it was her idea to be naked in Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Different kind of movie. Anyway, so Goodfellas. Yes, we touched on the brief points of it. It's a two and a half hour movie, and we only talked about it for about an hour and a half. But it's a really good if we film. covered everything, we would be here for two and a half hours. Right. Okay, like right. so we want this. What do you rate it? Um, fun scale. It's not very fun. Yeah, I would say this is somewhere like around a six point five fun. Yeah, but uh, objective probably like. 8.8. Okay. Fairly, fairly high, but I'm not like, this is S tier quality. Like. Fair enough. Yeah. Fun scale, I'd probably agree with you. It's probably in the sixes. It's not that fun. They, it has its fun moments. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's not, it's not one of those where I'm like, yo, have you seen good? It's not like straight out of Compton. Yeah. Where you're like, yo, you have to watch this. It's so much fun. You know? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of dialogue, a lot of, uh, just a lot of, this is the backstory of Henry Hill. Not even the Cicero family at all, but. I would say this is about as much dialogue as some of the more dialogue heavy uh, Tarantino, Tarantino films, films yeah. except instead of like Tarantino films where a lot of the action's more at the end, mm-hmm. it's kind of interspersed throughout. Right. So you, you don't have this just long uh, ramp up where not a lot's happening well, besides that. Well, that's because you haven't watched Reservoir Dogs yet, which I'm trying not to hold against you, but we will watch it soon. <sighs> I, I understand that. I, I, it's, that one, I'm not that lamenting the fact more... that I have to watch it, but it's it's one of those things where it just never got around to it. I haven't seen La La Land, and my dad is like, you haven't seen La La Land? Like, yeah, what the fuck? Dad's also obsessed with Emma Stone. I mean, Emma Stone's pretty great i mean she was until she lost all the weight for birdman and now she looks like a method i mean anyone who loses a lot of weight can look like a method okay but she looks like a bad method have you ever seen birdman i have not seen birdman but i did see um the favorite and she's a much healthier weight for that one yeah no i mean like in like the first zombie land yeah and everything like that she looks phenomenal second zombie land she looks like she fucking just snorted a lot of coke and went after it yeah maybe Yeah. yeah um but anyway, yeah, no, I agree. Um, fun scale, definitely on the lower end, but objective scale, up there, probably 8.7. Like, I love this movie. I... This is definitely, like, you now have a... Ref- if you if you enjoyed this movie, your taste has, in movies, has evolved to appreciate the slower, more dialogue-heavy movies. Because growing up, a lot of people... 
in their teens and stuff do not really like these types of movies. Or if they, they do, have to pay attention. Yeah, they have to pay attention. But also, if they watch them, they were probably watching them with their parents, and their parents were like gushing over these movies. And they're like, "Oh my god, what the fuck is the big deal?" Right. But when you get older, you start to appreciate like not everything has to be super action heavy. Right. Fuck. What is the movie that I'm thinking? Oh, Take a Taylor Soldier Spy is a great example of one of those super slow dialogue movies. It's really great, but it is not very young adult friendly in that it doesn't have a lot of uh, action. I've never seen it. It's a stars Gary Oldman in the, he's a cold war spy. That's that's what it's about. It's about, it's a cold war spy thriller. That's what it is, but it's a very slow methodical one, Uh, but it's really good. It's just not super exciting. Gotcha. All right. Let me look up and see what our next movie is here. Well, that's it for this one. However, I will say that we didn't touch on even the most important of facts here. Um, We also had um, a lot of technical difficulties, so I apologize for Tyler in advance for the editing that he's going to have to do. Well, (laughs) I don't work for you. (laughs) I didn't want to edit, man. I could just fucking not do it. Like... Right. So next week we are watching a movie that I've never seen, and it is uh, Ten Inch Hero. Yes. Okay. So this is, Ten Inch Hero is kind of like an uh, an indie film. Or is that the one that we agreed to take out? No, that was uh, something else. Kevin I think. Yeah, I think Kevin okay. in the Woods was the yeah. one we d- decided to delay because we were a week behind. So. Yeah. And All we, right. We had a whole like schedule lined up for like October and stuff like that, and we didn't want to fuck it up by. Right. So uh, we have Ten Inch Hero next week, and then the week after that, we have yet another Scorsese film. I think so. you'll enjoy Ten Inch Hero. It's yeah. a cute little film that uh, is very quotable. Awesome. <laughs> so anyway. Well, I look forward to it. And it's my turn to pick a beer, so it'll probably be a beer that Tyler doesn't like. But I mean, I will you do could my also best. just not always pick a fucking IPA. Well, There's so that. this last one was a spoof because we just had it and it was here, but I will, I will do my best to pick a weed or something like that. Yeah. A weed? A weed. Okay. <laughs> All right, but that's it for this week for Ascent Help. All we have in the desert is Beer and Movies Podcast. Thank you for joining us. All right, you can catch us on Twitter at send underscore bam, at Instagram at uh, what's send help underscore beer and movies. And then uh, if you really want to shoot us an email for whatever reason, there's also uh, send help uh, bam, all one word at gmail.com. And we have a Facebook. It's send help. All we have in the beer, all we have in the desert is beer and movies colon podcast. I'm pretty sure if they search the whole send help, all we have in the desert is beer and movies, it's probably going to come up. Probably be it, but you never know. I couldn't put the exclamation part after, I couldn't put the exclamation point after send help, so. I usually don't. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But anyway. Have a See good you week, later, y'all. y'all. See you next week with Tanichiro. Yeah, boy.